2: I, I define league mx as the shoot your shot
3: league you do expect higher performances and better things from club Americas, but it's the inconsistency with the, oh, isn't this is inconsistent, the though? i will maintain that the u.s men's national team came out to the knockout round despite terrible coaching
2: like do they have a student discount maybe to go to a like, <laughs> they? like they got it right no <laughs> Take that next step. I think it's still undisputed that you have to go to Europe. He's
3: going to be on the ground for the that's majority. The, of the no, look back at highlights. That's, no, that's, if that's you that's have the
2: Christian you. Pulisic treatment, though. Same. We're gonna have to stop this. We're gonna start arguing on this podcast, aren't we?
3: Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Real Football Show. As always, I'm Lizzie, U.S. editor over at Ninety Minutes U.S. covering North American football with my co-host Gino Canello. How are you?
2: Doing well, Lizzie, doing well. Uh, As you can see, I have a lot of boxes behind me here in the process of moving, so it's been a little hectic, but excited for the start of the MLS season because that starts tomorrow and it's going to be phenomenal.
3: It really is, and it wouldn't be MLS if there wasn't chaos before (laughs) the first game of the season, so let's get right into it. Kind of breaking news, um... The special edition of El Trafico was just postponed due to severe weather in L.A. I heard in the uphills um, there's a blizzard warning and then severe thunderstorms going on near the Rose Bowl. And the problem with that stadium is basically it doesn't have enough shelter in place should there be a a thunderstorm. So postponed indefinitely. Regardless, I think it, it's a win for LA Galaxy because Chicharito wasn't going to be able to feature anyway after he left a training session on Tuesday injured with a hamstring injury. So, postponed. Chaos already.
2: Chaos already for the MLS. Um, again, I mean, obviously you have to make these decisions based on safety. Of course, you know you can't. You know they, you can't just say, oh, let's play the game. You know, especially with the way the Rose Bowl is situated, like you said. There really isn't much shelter in place area. I mean, if you've ever seen the Rose Bowl, seen a picture of the Rose Bowl, it's it's literally a bowl with just like open seats. There's no overhang. It's literally, it's all open. So um, you know, it 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 makes sense that they cancel the game. It's 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 awful that they had to cancel it. You know, it, it stinks, sucks, you know, that they had to cancel the game. Um, because that's your marquee game this weekend, right? You come back from MLS new Apple TV deal and you get LAFC LA galaxy. So it stinks from our perspective, but from a safety perspective, it's something that needed to happen.
3: Yeah. I think the narrative was, was really great. A fantastic way of opening the 2023 campaign, especially after the league confirmed that more than 70,000 tickets were sold. LA galaxy and LAFC were really hunting down um, Charlotte FC for that single game attendance record. We know that Charlotte holds that after their season opener last year, they held 20, no, they 74,429 yeah. fans. Um, I don't know,
2: but if you just go watch our documentary on our YouTube page, then you can know. find the answer there.
3: Yeah, and we just wrote an article about it as well, which is why I know the exact number, not because <laughs> I did a deep dive on Charlotte. But yeah, so they were really chasing down that single game attendance record, which we might see in a little bit. I think attendance would have been hurt had the game not been postponed. So definitely an interesting way to head into the weekend. But yes, as you said, safety first, super important. So glad that's been postponed. Mm -hmm. Other games, obviously we know St. Louis is playing their first MLS Mm -hmm. game ever. They're debuting against Austin FC on the road before their first home match on week two. And Nashville also plays, we know Portland, um, versus 4 Kansas City was also postponed. That's been given a day to, I believe, on Monday due to the weather again in Portland. I believe that is a snowstorm rather than thunderstorms.
2: Excuse me. Yeah, I think I would imagine with a blizzard warning up north in California, that probably also is affecting Portland area. So yes. um, would it be an MLS weekend if I didn't, you know, it, even with the new MLS schedule structure where games are being played on Saturdays, basically the entire, you know, that's the only game, you know, still we're going to get games three days a week than the first week. So a little adjustment for the first week, but um, it'll be exciting still with the games that are still on the slate.
3: Yeah. And it's exciting, especially in that schedule change, having games on Wednesday and Saturday and, we were fortunate enough, I was invited by the league to check out the new studios and talk to MLS Commissioner Don Garber, um, St. Louis FC owner Caroline Kindle. We spoke to her and a couple of the new Apple talents. And Don Garber were, was particularly excited about the new schedule change, saying Saturday is a day of sports. He can remember waking up and on Saturdays and just Watching soccer, knowing that's the designated day for the sport. So he's glad Major League Soccer can finally be a whole part of that and knowing people everywhere can wake up on Saturdays knowing the league is absolutely on and in yeah. focus. So yeah, I mean, I think that's a big exciting. thing, right?
2: Because, like, when you would look at MLS in the past seasons, you would just not know when games like there'd be like a random Wednesday game out of nowhere or a random Thursday game. You'd be like, wait, wait. Is this part of this week? Is this part of life Is this a makeup game? So uh, having that and like you said, knowing that every Saturday I'm going to wake up, there's going to be MLS games on at 6.30, 7.30. I think it's 7.30 local time across the board or whatever. Um, that's huge.
3: Yeah, it's really important. And as you said, they were a little scattered last season. We had games on Sunday, on Mondays. So having it all be collected on one day in one place with the Apple deal, yeah. it's it's truly exciting. And I think we're about to see a new Major League Soccer way happening in 2023. So first and foremost, I guess, let's get into it. MLS yeah. Predictions for this season.
2: <laughs> Here we go. Are you ready?
3: So- Top two teams from each conference for you.
2: Yeah, I think you're gonna look. I think Philly has to be up there. There's a, they're a team that has not really lost anybody and has improved still either defensively and and you know improved the team as a whole. So Philly in the East is absolutely going to be up there. And I think the second East team that you could find up there may be Cincinnati, in my opinion. They have an unbelievable attack. They've kind of bolstered that defense a little bit. So that second East team, I think, is going to be Cincinnati. Um, I they, Again, another team that hasn't really lost too much. Didn't lose Brenner in despite talks with, I think, Nottingham Forest. Um, so they're another team who comes, brings back all their firepower and, and should be a force in the Eastern Conference and what I think is probably going to be a weaker Eastern Conference than we've seen in recent years to do some of the things we, we, we might get into and then Western conference rise. I'm not really changing anything. It's going to be the same top two teams from last year, LAFC um, and, and Austin again, you know, you lose Chicho Orango, So that obviously is an important player for LAFC, but with the talent they have, they should be in the top two again, along with Austin. So that's, that's how I have that breaking down.
3: Yeah. So on the East, I completely agree. I think Jim Curtin and the project he's managed with the Philadelphia Union is phenomenal. His players are dedicated, they're excited, and they really didn't lose anyone roster-wise. So there's no reason they shouldn't be just as motivated. And I think something that played to their disadvantage last season was the fact that they – lacked in experience against a team like LAFC heading into MLS cup. And it's not the case this year. They're coming back from being Eastern conference champions. They're getting into new tournaments, international tournaments. Obviously they're going to have Leagues cup. So they'll have experience there, but heading into MLS cup again, it's, it's not something they're not used to now. They know what the atmosphere is like in the craziest of ways. We know the 2022 MLS cup was one of the best, if not the best, So far, so and they were part of that. And they 3 3, I mean, they went down kicking, so it really should be a bonus point for them heading into this year.
0: Yeah,
3: I don't know if Cincinnati is going to be in the number two, but I do like their team. Brandon Vasquez staying and rejecting Chivas, it definitely caused a lot of controversy, but he remains committed to the team and to the project. Him with Lucho Acosta, Brenner, they. Definitely can do some damage, but speaking on experience again, I don't know if that will hurt them. I'm not sure if they're ready to be number two quite yet.
2: I think for me with Cincinnati, it's you look at the Eastern Conference table, and it's hard to pick someone else that you can see in the Eastern Conference being that number two team. You know, New York City FC is not going to be as good as they were. They've oh, they lost
3: everyone. They
2: lost everyone. They're not going to be there. You can make the same case about Red Bulls as you do about Cincinnati with experience as they're a a younger team who has experience, but not there yet. Orlando City, another team that could be up there, but I don't know. Toronto, a team that wasn't great last year and you're looking to move. um, They're looking to move up and they're going to be better, but will they be the number two team? Who knows? Toronto is
3: great. Toronto is great, and they're definitely bound to do so much better than they did last season. Some of their big players are back. Lorenzo Insignia is ready to roll. However, they haven't shown anything on the field that's convinced me enough to say they're going to be number two. Yeah. Whereas yeah, obviously, we exactly. you know Brandon Vasquez, like his potential and the amount of goals he scored. And then of recent, obviously, we've seen him in the U.S. men's national team scoring and doing great. So. That on its own is enough to propel Cincinnati over Toronto for me.
2: Yeah. Are we talking about dark horse can- candidates? Because, oh no, dark horse know, Ed- is
3: completely different.
2: Okay. Okay. Because I know Edwin. That's I Edwin will our producer will like my dark horse candidate because I do truly believe in this team. But again, you look down the line, Nashville <laughs> will be interesting for the first time in the Western Conference or in the Eastern Conference. Um, yeah. Nashville will be interesting. So we'll see how they pan out. Um, yeah. But. It's a very like honestly. If you compare it to the Western Conference, it's a very weak Eastern Conference this year. So I don't see how Philadelphia yeah. doesn't run away with it.
3: Yeah, they lost the Eastern Conference. Lost a lot of players, and yeah. I guess during MLS Media Day in January, in January we spoke to Dan and Gazdag. We both we spoke to Jack McLean, and I asked them both the question that what need what does Philadelphia Union need to become a championship winning team. And it's funny because they weren't even together when I was asking them this, but they both said the same thing. They're like, we're already a championship winning team. We already have what it takes. We don't need anything else. We just failed in penalties. And we know penalties is essentially, I don't want to say a game of luck, but it doesn't tell the whole story. So we definitely know they're capable of winning. We know they're capable of taking down the biggest teams and they maintain strong. So Switching over to the Mm -hmm. West, I agree. LAFC, Austin FC, I do think, however, Austin will top the league and LAFC will follow. I don't think the team or fans have realized how much losing Chicho Arango will hurt them in the end. And it was weird to me to see him so underappreciated throughout the season, given the fact that every time they brought him on off the bench, he scored or he provided an assist. I didn't understand the need to trade him constantly. He always, I don't understand it. Whenever he, I, I
2: mean, it, it like, sounds like the, right because good on them. They were in the middle of a contract negotiation, correct? Is is that a, a part of the reason? So uh, it sounds to me like LAFC didn't want to pay the money and they, you know, they, they were just like, you know, might as well get rid of him at the top of this form or whatever. But it, I, I don't know how you trade him. He was so good for them. That's going to be a massive loss for them. And that I can totally see, I agree. I, you know, you could see Austin topping it because the loss of Chicho Rango alone will, will shake that team a little bit to start the season. I think.
3: Yeah. And then on the other end, you have Rio Faundes who yep. are on top and Josh Wolf, who deserves tremendous commendation for the project he's created at Austin FC since yeah. day one. I think obviously they struggled in their debut season, but The team really understood what Major League Soccer is all about and how to build a roster for the league that they're in. So figuring that out, it's shown. Last year, they were phenomenal, a little unlucky at times. And they're coming back. So I think, oddly, we agree. On the four teams
2: that we've chosen, yeah, I that's I mean that is surprising. The West obviously is a little bit more up for grabs. I think you know it's I think there's a little bit more teams that could be in that conversation. Um, but yeah, we do agree. We do agree. Which doesn't we won't on
3: dark horses. So we won't
2: on dark horses.
3: Who's your number one dark horse?
2: My number one dark horse. It's between two teams, but I'm going to say the one team first because I've already teased it. I do think Miami is going Wrong. to be a dark horse in the Eastern Conference. Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. from the girl who lives in Miami. How is that even possible? But I do think Miami, because I think the addition of Yosef Martinez, some of the players that they've added to that team are going to bolster that team. Again, the question becomes, can Phil Neville do what Phil Neville needs to do to make this team work? And that's why they're not in again, we released our power rankings, which we'll talk about in a little bit. In my personal opinion, when we discussed this, they were not in my top ten because top 10. um because of of that situation and the fact that we don't know what we're getting. But I do think Miami and the East. Are we doing east and west?
3: Oh, uh, I was just gonna do one, but we can do Okay,
2: we'll do west. we'll do one. I'll stick with Miami. You go ahead.
3: Okay. Um this is why you're wrong. So, <laughs> I agree with Jose Martinez. I think he's a phenomenal player. I think he's great. I just have absolutely zero faith in Phil Neville. I think <laughs> having having the team that you do and the players that you have and saying that making the playoffs barely making the playoffs that like final season push to make the playoffs is a phenomenal like achievement. I think is putting the bar extremely too low given the money that you have the attractive market that you have to convince players there's no way why inner miami shouldn't be in austin fc in the eastern conference they should have come in so much stronger they have talent they have players just the head coach has nothing he has nothing to do
2: lizzie you better watch what you're saying there we might get banned from
3: i know miami i really might <laughs> it's <like because laughs> it's it's just shocking to me i just don't think phil neville knows what he's doing absolutely at all i think he's gotten extremely lucky with some of the players that he's had and the choices that he's made i think he's backed by the officials at at inter-miami which is great and i think that's the only reason he hasn't gotten fired but i just don't think he can do it I our, have- pro- our
2: producer right now if Holly, i had to cut you off our producer right now who also lives in miami he is yeah, he's not happy with at us right now. now. He's not happy, right? He's
3: now. <laughs> really not happy with me right now. But he knows how I feel. He definitely knows how I feel. And I'll say this about Miami. I think the second Phil Neville leaves and ahead could just put in his place, Miami will thrive to the top of the Eastern Conference. It's Do you think like
2: you think Miami would be better if Phil Neville just said go out there and play? Like, I do think you think really they have does. the talent? okay well that's a different conversation
3: (laughs) (laughs) like I I truly think that that's what he does I don't think he's tactically focused or driven I don't think he's particularly goes in depth with some plays I just think he's more motivational and emotional which at times works at times however the team is not consistent the team cannot thrive Making the playoffs that one time is not an achievement. I'm sorry.
2: What I will say is that if Inter Miami do not finish in the top, I'm going to say four of the Eastern Conference this season, I think think Phil Neville should have should probably they should probably seriously consider who the head coach is next season.
3: Yes, I because
2: this again this Eastern Conference is not good. Like it's not it's weak. So, enter Miami with the players they have should be in the top four.
3: Yes. However, my dark horse is San Jose.
2: Wow, that was that's not what I was expecting. <laughs> I thought you were going to pick my other dark horse. So,
3: who's your other dark horse?
2: I, I maybe they're not a dark horse, but considering how they played last year, I think Casey's is going to be significant. In, in
3: oh, okay. Well, okay. I'll explain why I don't think Casey is, is it? Okay. okay. But explain um, San
2: Jose first. Cause yeah. I need to know so, why you chose San Jose.
3: I'm really looking forward to seeing Lucho, Luchy Gonzalez come in as a head coach. I think it's disappointing to see San Jose come in last constantly. I know Edwin is not happy with me today. I'm terrified of hanging up this call and having to confront him. But I'm excited to see the project that he takes on with the San Jose Earthquakes. I think they definitely have talent. Kade Cowell is great. He's definitely a player that can score goals. Jeremy Abouy said, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but I think that's how it is. Um, mentioned awesome. during MLS Media Day that the entire team is focused on being so much better that they just need a leader. They need new forms for 2023, but that they're working hard constantly. To be better than they were. And I think Gonzalez definitely can build something up from that. He comes from experience. He was an assistant coach to Greg Rahalder at the World Cup and with the US men's national team. Obviously, international football and club soccer are completely different, but I truly think he can take the earthquakes into something they haven't been before. That said, I don't think they'll be top four, yeah. but I definitely think they're ready to make a jump. And I think that's the essence of a dark horse. I don't think anyone will expect the Quakes to come in swinging, but I definitely do think they have the talent on the roster and talent with leadership to make a difference. Sporting Kansas City, however, is not my dark horse because I expect them to be. Okay,
2: that's fair. That's fair. That's fair.
3: Last season was a fluke because everyone was injured. I know. Everyone was injured last season.
2: No, yeah, last season was.
3: Everybody had an ACL tear. Everybody was recuperating. And Peter Ramiz is a very, very talented head coach. But there's only so much you can do when everybody's on the sidelines.
2: And you saw what they looked like after everybody got back and they made the couple signings that they did. I mean, they were a different team. They Exactly. They only lost two of their last 10 games. So that team is going to come out on fire, I think.
3: I hundred percent. I just don't think that... Emulates Dark Horse energy because I know how good they can be, and I think we yeah. all know how good they can be. But last season was beyond anyone's control. I think yeah. it was. I think it happened to them that for the first time in MLS history, three DPS were on the sidelines. Because yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was shocking. There was no way to avoid that. Absolutely impossible to predict as well. So, yeah, they mm-hmm. should come out at least top four for me in the West but yeah.
2: they should, they should. Yeah, they probably should. I, I would. Yeah, agree. Peter
3: Ramis is great. Um, it was very interesting to hear the rumor that he was interviewed for the head coaching position at the U S national team, but rejected it. And instead said, stayed with um, sporting Kansas city. He also just signed a contract extension, which would see him by the end of that contract be with the club for 20 years. And we know he's not only the head coach, but the sporting director he's, done phenomenal for the team and is an absolute staple. So Uh I'm honestly glad he's staying.
2: Yeah, no, he's a great coach. And uh, that team is like we said, it's a, I mean, with him at the helm, no matter what they were going to be significantly better this season. So,
3: so the wooden spoon nominees to finish dead last in their conferences. Who do you think it'll be?
2: The wooden spoon nominees. I didn't know that was even a thing to finish dead last in their conference.
3: Yeah, Wooden Spoon is like the last, last, last place of both conferences. You get the
2: I, one. I, that's very interesting. I like that though. <laughs> that's very cool. I didn't know that. Um, so Wooden Spoon, let's start with the Eastern Conference. Chicago. Yes, I'm going with Chicago. It's, oh, me too. It has to be Chicago because it they just Chicago. did not. They lost a lot of people and did yeah. not make any changes. And um, I think
3: Shaky having him be as a, a player, that monumental yeah. player game-changing and he has not lived up to those expectations sad because obviously Liverpool history whatever but disappointing he hasn't really done anything to transform the team into what it needs to be so having that said and no new game-changing signings yeah I mean they need Shabilko
2: to be so much better than he was last season they need the defense to make sense they need a goal and on left
3: as well there's need, no yeah, there's, there's
2: no just they, ha- they they're they're going to finish in last place Yeah. um no- and i don't like saying this cuz i really think that they're going to succeed in the future i think they have a very good setup but in the west i, I can't think of it being anybody but st louis yeah. i think they're going to have a really tough time in this western conference this season um i think some teams will be worse than they were last season i think Minnesota with the situations they're already dealing with with the way they fell off towards the end of last season I can't see Minnesota being a playoff team so they're going to be near the near the bottom I think but I don't think that they're going to be dead last I think St. Louis is probably going to struggle a little bit in that Western Conference have some growing pains um and I think unfortunately for them but they will finish in last but that's okay you know you're an expansion team you're not supposed to come in first place you're not you know we saw with Charlotte last year, them just making um, or just having an opportunity to make the playoffs towards the end of the season was a massive success. So um, that's who I have in the West.
3: I agree. I'm disappointed by Minnesota. I think they truly do have a chaotic situation going on way beyond the joking fun that we say MLS chaos entails. Yeah. So we know um, Adrian Heath, the the head coach has been talking to, Emmanuel Reynoso through another person. He has yet to come back. We don't necessarily know why. Um, all that was cited by the league and the team was personal reasons. Yeah. He was also fined by the league for not making any preseason games or trainings, which yeah. again, understandable, but no one really knows what's going on there. Or if he has a return date, I would assume not because it's Friday and the season starts tomorrow and there is no news yet. But understanding what's going on there and how they ended up last season towards the uh-huh. end with Reynoso, it'll be difficult to see them succeed, which is disappointing. I think he has a good project on his hands, mm-hmm. and I, I think he has potential as a coach, but he definitely has not. He's got to there's,
2: – there's been too many problems over there, man. There's yeah. just like towards the end of that season, they uh, once they lost Reynoso – For to the injury, and he just never was himself again. They were bad. Yeah, they were bad. So not having Reynoso. on one
3: player. Yeah, you cannot depend on one player.
2: Yeah. So not having Reynoso now is going to be an issue for them to start the season again. So it's there's going to be some problems for them. I think Minnesota is going to be towards towards the bottom of that Western Conference. Yeah.
3: Now they do have a nice kid. Yeah, they really do. There's some really good kids this year.
2: Yes, there are MVP, MVP, MVP. I've been debating. MVP. I think I think the easy situation in my mind. I think C mm-hmm. is a leading candidate for it okay. because I think he's got that that grind, like that. That I got jipped last year a little bit. I think he's got the chip on his shoulder a little bit thinking, you know, I should have won it last year. I think he's going to go for it this season. And that's why I think he's near the top. I can see somebody like um, Daniel Gazdag being up there as well, Eastern Conference-wise, because of that Philly team being so good. I think he's going to have even more, you know, even more to work with now. And But I'm going to go with Drew as the easy, wow, you're so smart. Um, you really picked a hard decision or hard, a hard pick there. You really went out on a limb decision for me.
3: No, but I would agree. I think in a hot take sense, I completely agree with what you said. And I would I would rest assured knowing that um, Dries would win. But I can yeah. also see if he lives up to his potential, Brandon Vasquez coming yeah. in no, as an MVP. I think he's been phenomenal individually, whether or not Cincinnati actually gets, to that MLS cup or even mm-hmm. even conference final. I think individually he's shown the potential that he has. And if he keeps scoring as he has, he'll be phenomenal.
2: You could make a case for any of those front three, whether it's, um, whether it's Brenner, him or, um, and the name is slipping my head. Lucho yeah. Because I, the, the thing I think, Lucho, but Costa, I, th- mm-hmm. I, but I think what's going to happen with Lucho Costa possibly is he might turn into a central? He's going to turn into a central figure now with having Vasquez and Brenner up yeah. top together for another season. He might just go on a run and just have crazy amount of assists and and some sick goals and just good numbers this season.
3: I think he will have good numbers, but I don't think it's MLS, uh, MVP. MVP quality. It's okay. The thing with Costa is I I covered him while he was at DC United a couple of years ago, and what I saw from him day in and day out was inconsistencies. I think he's a very emotional player, which at times can work to your advantage, but then can Mm -hmm. also hurt you during games. And during those losses, it it was difficult to come back from. And especially Mm -hmm. if they started out the game losing, I think it would get to his head a little bit. Now, I don't want to judge too harshly because it was the season – after the talks with psg had broken down and we all know that broke his spirit a little bit yeah um, and it took him a while to recover from that on the pitch but that's what i mean i think it's a little inconsistent to mm-hmm. be an individual standout talent
2: yeah Whereas I get
3: because i think can can be I-
2: that guy yeah no i get that i i completely agree with that you know it's funny it's funny, we haven't mentioned a name. We haven't mentioned the previous MVP candidate or the MVP winner, I should say, and Hani Mutar, who we is so funny because everybody considered him an underdog and didn't like underappreciated him all the way through his campaign and he wins the MLS MVP and we're still underappreciating him. We really and are. Let's be honest here in that Eastern Conference, he is gonna have a great season.
3: Yeah. He will he be is. up
2: there with the names. I just don't know if he's gonna win it this season, but he will be up there but i i just see it just seems like the sure bet to and he did win the gold, golden boot but drucey seems like the sure bet to go grab it this season based on you know having that chip on that shoulder and you know going out there and wanting to perform every week and just you know could be leading his team to number 1 in the western conference so
3: it's always difficult to defend a title i think that second yeah. time around it's more difficult Because you have to do
2: exactly what you did the last season and and then some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And
3: better. Um, And I think, I mean, I think he's going to be great. He is very happy at Nashville. Again, we spoke at Media Day and we talked about the impact that mental health has on the game. And he spoke about how happy he is and how he's doing. So he may as well do great. I just don't think he's going to win again. Um, Yeah. There is... Absolutely, so much more to cover. So much
2: more. Everything is going
3: on right now. Yeah. So we have to cover it in other um, outlets as well. So stay tuned on 90min underscore US, Twitter, 90min USA, Instagram, TikTok. Definitely check out 90min.com slash US because that's where all our breaking news, exclusive coverages and interviews are going up. So definitely check that out. Um, And we'll be back next week to cover everything. From the Everything. weekend, and I'm sure what will be breaking news by then. Yes, I'm
2: sure. I'm sure. <laughs> and
3: Liga Amikis, because we didn't give them some love this program. But yes. next episode, we'll talk about on, how Cruces will finally um win a game. So thanks for that. All right. <laughs> See you later. Bye.